Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. Hi, I'm Ronnie O'Sullivan, and this is 365 Days of Sport. 365 Days of Sport. Yes, good evening and welcome to yet another edition of the greatest sports radio show on the planet. 365 days of sport coming to you live with me as always, all the way from across the pond, the man from Auckland, Robert Bryce. Christmas time, mistletoe and wine. Feeling like I'm ready for a pretty good time, baby. Nice. Uh, oh, gosh. It's just, I can't wait. Love Actually's already been on once. Uh, already? Um, Buble, I'm sure, is, is oh, released on the cards. He's doing the rounds, left, right, yeah, and centre. He's, out, he's back on it, because last Christmas we totally missed out. No Buble release. It wasn't. Yeah. Didn't, it did not feel like Christmas without him, frankly. No, it actually did. So uh, I'm pleased he's back out and about, even though he proclaimed... He was stepping back from uh, yeah, the entertainment was. industry to look after his, his family. Son, it's yeah, his son had leukemia or something, I think, and okay. uh, I think he's on the on the men. On the men, so Hence straight back into it. Yeah, Boom. straight back into it. Yeah, yeah get them, get Christmas. the money going. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, so, should we just? Be- I could bed this in for you, just oh, underneath. Wow. Is this last Christmas I gave you my heart? The very next day you no, gave this, away? No, this is your favourite. Oh, this one I just just sung right before. Yeah. Bit of Cliff, brilliant. The child there he is. Just leave that under there. Voice of an angel, Cliff Richard. Cliff Richard, yeah. He was old, um, what's the name of the young ones? Rick. Rick. He was his favourite, wasn't oh, he? Oh, really? Yeah. I do like um, Wired for Sound. That's a great tune. Wired for Sound. I'm wired for Sound. That's your favourite Christmas song? No, it's my favourite Cliff Richard song. Okay. But my favourite Christmas, it's hard to say. I mean, like, serious one, I think War is Over, John Lennon is a great one. Yeah, That's it is an a cracker. Ripper, that one. Yep. Um, um, Stop the Cavalry, Jonah Louie. That's a belter. Okay. Yeah. I don't mind uh, U2's version of that one. Uh, U2 did one. You did one like the Rel and Hum time. Oh. Baby, please come home. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. I quite like that one. Um, the Darkness. They did, oh, a they did do a Christmas time. When will the yeah. bells end? That's an absolute yeah, cracker. That, that's, uh, that sort of silly stuff suits them, I think. You know. Yeah, well, yeah. It's, uh, it was a quite serious Christmas number. <laughs> <laughs> With his high falsetto yeah. blasting out. Um, I could find, actually, Goldie Looking Chain do yeah. a brilliant Christmas okay. song. You'll never be alone at Christmas time. Right. Yeah, that's good. Um, have you done your Christmas shopping, Beefy? No, uh, yeah, done. Done? Job done. And, and the fact that you didn't have to do any. Yeah. Beefy's plans, everyone, for the Christmas holidays, because uh, at this point he's not uh, able to travel internationally, he's tried to get as far as he possibly can away from Australia while still being part of Australia. Yeah. And he's gone to some island that no one's even heard of. That's it. What's it called? The Cocos and Keeling Islands. The Cocos and Keeling Islands. Yeah. Yep. Can't wait. He can't wait. He's yep. going to be on the, the flight only goes twice a week. It does. So if you Tuesdays miss the plane, and Fridays. If, it, well, if you miss the plane, <laughs> it's a hell of a time in Perth waiting for the next one. That's for yeah. sure. So yeah, Cocos and Keeling. I can't wait. Yeah, they got a little, a little bit of crappy little golf course. Apparently, they've you got a golf around. course. Yeah, uh, it's they either side of the uh, international runway for the planes. You, they can only oh, play on a Thursday because planes are due in every other day. It sounds like a great course. Oh, great stuff. Yeah, fantastic. Um, uh, have they got any of those quackers over there? I don't think they've got quackers actually. No? I, yeah, I'm not sure about the wildlife. Uh, 
aspect. It's a lot of trees. Haven't been looking into the anthropological. There must be something. Anthropology. No, I I doubt there's even dogs or cats on the island. Right. To probably protect the uh, native. No uh, wild dogs. Definitely no wild dogs. There's reef sharks, apparently. They're pretty prevalent. Yep, there's Um, white tip, black tip, white tip ones. Yeah. Like on that um, Duran Duran video. Rio? You know the one? (laughs) Her name is Rio, and she... No? Not that one. I don't think so. Duran Duran. Duran. Wild boys. That one. ordinary world. Oh, ordinary world. And they were just swimming in the water the whole time? You don't recall that one? No. I don't mm. recall the video to that. Okay. Well, it was a little, it was, it was a little slower. Ordinary boys. <laughs> um, we should just bed in um, lots of Christmas songs, I reckon. I'm well, going gonna, gonna to uh, actually play my favourite underneath. It, apparently, it's Carols by Candlelight this evening. Oh, as, is it? As we speak, I just saw a fireworks display going off. Fireworks display? Fireworks in the, in the display middle of summer in, the, in Australia? In the, in the middle of uh, the su- southeastern suburbs. Fireworks? We had fireworks going off. What's the, what's the fuss with fireworks? I was just discussing this with my flatmate, well, Bruce, a, not long obviously ago. Obviously, total fire ban. If they land, on dry grass the whole place is why liable. did you go straight towards legal paraphrasing like uh, I was just saying what's the big deal about actually seeing oh, fireworks sorry I thought you meant like, what's the big deal about banning fireworks why did you sorry, towards, you're, you're no, so no. drummed into Melbourne's red tape <laughs> that you just immediately went there that's your knee jerk reaction as if you're going to go to court you need explanations straight no, away no, no. I, I genuinely thought you actually said what's the deal with banning fireworks but it was no it was I what's the deal banning? with fireworks sorry about that well, everything is banned, though. Yeah, if it goes true. wrong, ban it. That's it. That's the solution to everything there. It's a nanny state, Rob. It's a nanny Health state. Health and safety gone mad. And I tell you what, it's going to be such a nanny state that eventually it'll be sexist to call it a nanny state. It'll have to be a granddaddy state. No, you can't do that. You either. can't do that either. No, it's an old person state. Old person state. Old person state, state no, man. That offends old people. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a loser state that offends depressed Losers. with people with no future. You know, what negative adjective, what part of society are we allowed? Probably they'll allow if you say it's a ginger state. Yeah. Because you're allowed to bag gingers, apparently. Um, and every man state, I don't know what you can have. Something you to, as to not offend any group. No. Dun, 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 dun. This is Jonah Louis, Stop the Cavalry. Okay. It was about a, it's a Christmas war song. It's got a bit of synth going. It was 80s, definitely 80s. I will stop the cavalry. I still crash on nice. the symbol there. Yeah. Okay. Well, so, yeah. fantastic. Well, I'm in the spirit. I'm in the. Yeah, it's uh, great, isn't it? I've had uh, one a new uh, thing that's come into my life this year, which is changing uh, things a bit. My girlfriend's birthday is Christmas Eve. Oh wow! Yeah. That's uh, so uh, on the shopping front. It's going to cost you a fortune. I've been uh, had to be well focused. And uh, <laughs> well focused, and yeah. uh, I'm just going to guess she's not listening because she probably won't be. She is listening. She but, listens every week. She tells me. But really, just in case you say something incriminating. Yeah, well, that's about weekly. Because so, then she yeah. messes with me and says, "Did Rob really say that about me?" Yeah, oh, right. Yeah, generally. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I just no, said, "Look, no, I don't listen she, either." She does let me know if I say something wrong. Actually, yeah, been a few too many times. Yeah. Um, anyway, anyway, and I've, so I've gone, I've gone all out for, for Christmas. I've got, I've got um, hotel room in the city. Um, we're really? going to watch a show. We're going out. She doesn't know any of this. This is all going to be a surprise. <laughs> She's a massive Japanese fan. She's never had teppanyaki before. We're going to oh, yeah. dinner. Good work. Yep, we're doing that. And um, uh, the whole day from the city the next day yeah. as well. And what else? I did something else. Oh, I bought, I bought her a flight to New Zealand. Oh, there we go. That's pretty Sheesh. good. 
And She's doing all right, and, isn't she? Um, and I've got a couple of other small things. And guess what? For her family Christmas, yeah. I drew her name for Christmas Kringle. Ah. So I've got to come up with another thing now. Yeah. What's that? That's the one person I was looking to confide in to buy something for yeah. one of her siblings. And uh, date, Rob. I've got to, date. I've got to come up with another present. Yeah. So she's doing very well out of me. This particular she, uh, sounds business. like she is. Yeah. This so is, uh, this thank is, Christ for voodoo, lad. This is the darkness, Rob. Christmas time. Pretty good, actually. It's good, isn't it? I like it. It's got the six eight swagger. It's crashing. It's great stuff. Great stuff. Yeah, cracking yeah, tune, that's, that's cracking a, tune. A, a great Christmas, one song. of the best. Right I don't know why there. we're doing Christmas songs. It's not we're like a week to go. Okay. Anyway, we'll we'll continue the theme. Why not? Well, I've just noticed. I've people haven't figured out. Beefy's running short on material. No, no, no. I've got loads of material, Rob. Yeah, loads. <laughs> I just thought you started this off with Cliff Richard doing mistletoe <laughs> and wine, and now this is what happens with this show. It just morphs mm. into. This beast, this right. mutant, this kraken exactly. of a sports show. And uh, this is what happens. We end up with the darkness bedding in under us, wishing you a Merry Christmas. I'm going to find Kareem. a beautiful thing. I'm going to find Kareem Benzema in a minute. I look forward to Kareem. Well, that's the a, one of, that is one of the great Christmas songs. That, we we probably, shouldn't relive that one. Probably the greatest. What else? What other news, Rob? Apart from Mr. Tom Wine, obviously. Uh, well, I had a great weekend. We had a weekend of... Uh, of all sorts of wines and foods and uh, cheeses, salamis. Uh, yeah. I went for a run. Um, just the one uh, run? Just the one run. Had, uh, I had a Zinfandel uh, bottle of wine, red. Zinfandel? I thought, it was, I thought, you know, when, when you said that, I thought they were talking about that um, lactose-free milk you know, they okay. keep advertising that nobody knows how to say. I tell you what, my running, uh, I did the old 4x400 around an actual athletics w- track. With beer? No, 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 no none of that. And um, oh, I was a bit worried about my times. Well, you they probably were very run. poor. No, I've been doing it weekly actually. Yeah. So I was expecting to run a sort of around one ten per lap, and it was like like one one eighteen. Jeez, you're doing sixties for with the beer. Well, near no. enough. Um, but that was really the the major gist of it. The beef man. Yeah. Um, cricket. Should we talk about the cricket? Which cricket? Um, you talk about my New effort Zealand. on Sunday? New Zealand. Go, let's go with New Zealand then. Yeah, we won the series against Pakistan. In the UAE? Yep. When was the last time you boys won away from home a test series? Uh, That'd be quite a while, wouldn't it? Actually won a series, not draw, tie. I can't think. Maybe do we beat Sri Lanka over there? Hmm... Possibly. But the West, West Indies, I think. Oh, yeah, possibly. Yeah. Obviously, the first test, mm-hmm. you got out of jail massively, bowled yep. uh, the Pakistanis out for 100-odd yep. when they were chasing not much. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second test, 
Well, did the same again, actually. Bowled them out when they were chasing. We bowled them out. We set yeah, them only 280 to win or yeah, something, yeah. and they had 70 overs to do it, and they got rolled for 150. You see, bowling takes quite interesting at the minute. Yeah. It doesn't look that penetrative, but it obviously does okay. Mm-hmm. Gets wickets. It does the job. Does we the got, job. Well, we got to sell the bolt solid as always. Yeah. A couple of spinners going, AJ's Patel. and uh, Well, I did read lad. today is he may even get dropped after winning the test. No, no, he's back in. They dropped um, oh. they dropped the other lad. Um, but it's just purely rotation thing. We need spinners yeah. rather than the medium pace. Do you know. test matches? Mm, certainly. Obviously, Australia. Australia went down. They did. Uh, surprised a few people, though, I think. Yeah. The thing is, at the end of the day, they've still got the exact same pretty damn good bowling lineup. So you can't really just expect they're going to no, be easy and you, beats. No, when you're it's, missing three out of the best four batters available, um, they're always going to struggle. Okay. But how many times have you lived in Australia saying our strength in depth is it's the best? Right. And it isn't. So you take three decent players out, and they've got nothing at the top. They're relying on Sean Marsh to get runs, which you can't really... You, you know who I reckon they should bring back? Who? Steve Smith and Dave Warner. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Actually, I was watching... Um, what was I watching? I think it was ABC News. And the guy that does the sports... Can't remember what he's called. Paul Kennedy or something. He said he was at a junior cricket match on the weekend... And 15 kids, they all huddled around. Apparently did this a year ago. Oh, kids, who's your favourite cricketers? And 14 out of 15 either said Warner or Smith. Yep. Um, they asked them on the weekend, who are your favourite cricketers? Nobody said Steve Smith, and only one person said David Warner. Wow. That shows the impact of the cheating scandal, the Gosh. sandpaper gate on kids of today playing cricket, Rob. My word. It it's has a roll-on effect. Profuse is the My word. My gosh, it needs to just yeah. be... Uh, they'll move on one day. The other thing he did say is, mm-hmm. when they couldn't name Smith or Warner as their favourite cricketer, they then got asked to name their favourite Australian cricketer, and only three of them, one said Mitchell Stark or something, and the others didn't have a favourite cricketer anymore. Oh, gosh. Heroes don't always wear capes, Rob. Oh, downward trend. Downward yeah. spiral. Well, maybe they'll start supporting New Zealand. You never know. Yeah. They may well do... Uh, get the Kiwis going? Why not? Mm-hmm. Not in support the girls, the and old might former even support Wales. Not at cricket. I wish we could. I wish we could support Wales at You're cricket. Still cam- campaigning hard for that one. Not as hard as I was. I've mm-hmm. had other things to do, but uh, in my lifetime, I'd like to see it. Definitely would. Let's keep waiting. Well, let's hopefully. If this Brexit thing all falls apart and Wales become independent, we'll have to have one. Right. You know, I had a, a Welsh billet stay at our house in New Zealand when a Welsh team came yeah. to play against my brother's team when Matt was playing for Auckland. Yeah. And I thought it was weird that Wales knew how to play cricket. Did you? Didn't really understand. That's very interesting. Let's play a bit of this. <laughs> Let's get some tunes on. Are you ready? Yeah. Karim Benzema. Karim Benzema. Karim Benzema. Karim Benzema Karim Benzema Karim Benzema Karim Benzema Karim Benzema Benzema. I wanna wish you a Merry Christmas I wanna wish you a Merry Christmas I wanna wish you a Merry Christmas of my heart I want to wish you a Merry Christmas I want to wish you a Merry Christmas Oh, it's gone That's Ronaldo in the spa his bit. Good Christmas Of my heart Karim Benzema Karim Benzema 
Karim Benzema Karim Benzema We will never, ever get tired of that. When uh, this show was on another station, I think we had one of our best nights ever when we discovered that tune. And people kept ringing in, requesting it. People nearly driving off the road. They were having a great old time. Uh, time. We need to explain to the new listeners. Kareem Benzema is a soccer player for uh, Real Madrid. Madrid, Madrid, And someone simply replaced the lyrics... Feliz Navidad with Karim Benzema. And as you just heard, what a tune. What a tune. And what genius. He's still at Real Madrid, by the way. Nothing beats... Oh, he's still there. He's still there, yeah. yeah. Gareth Bale apparently scored his first goal in uh, 80 games. 8,800 hours of football. 80 hours of football. Really? Yes. His probably last goal was probably, probably in the Champions one, League. Yeah, he, the big there. bicycle kick. Yeah. His That's, first, uh, first goal for 80 hours of football. Incredible. How about that? No, Are you surprised that I knew that and you didn't? I am. Yeah. yeah. I happened to scan the sports news today. Did you? Briefly. Eating my sashimi. Nice. Mm-hmm. Hey, Mesida. Got to thank Mesida, Rob. We've got to thank him. Of course we have. They, uh, they're just uh, helping the world of sport over and over again, the lungs of yourself and, and myself, and even boxers. Even boxers. It's yeah, unbelievable, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. This is show 93, and Mercedes have been on board since day one. They're the best sportswear in Australia, branching out to whole different genres. Can we call them genres of sport? I don't even know anymore. Uh, no, they probably can't call them that. Can't call them genres yeah, of sport. Types. Just different types of sport. Is there, is, there is sporting genres. There's like weak sports people. Yeah. Uh, Stupid sports people, yeah. Intelligent sports people. Uh, I don't think they're genres. No, they're just adjectives of describing <laughs> people's uh, behaviors. They are just adjectives. Yeah, you're right so, there. So uh, that's really what we're looking at there, Beefy. If you want to dissect things, yeah. Well, Mesita, they uh, they do sponsor this show, but they also sponsor one of the young up and coming boxers in Australia. Young's the main word. Young yeah. and hungry, Rob. Young, young and hungry. And hungry. Yeah. He mm-hmm. has got the fight of his life this Saturday night in Brisbane. It is all or nothing. It is uh, the Superman himself. The Welsh dragon, Jamie Weech, is taking on Ireland's Dennis Hogan, who is uh, IBF ranked number one in the world. Mm. Jamie himself is ranked 15. So basically, whoever wins this is going to get themselves a world title shot within 12 months. Mm-hmm. I'm putting my reputation on the line there. I was the world's biggest sports fan. Jamie, from the pictures I've seen of you lately, you do look quite literally hungry because you ripped to bits. You missed out one thing, boys. <laughs> what, do we? Good looking. <laughs> good looking. <laughs> well, let's hope you're still good looking on Saturday night. Uh, I will be, boys. I will be. <laughs> I'll just be uh, a bit overweight, I will, from celebrate the drinks and donuts and burgers yep. and my two new heavy, heavy belts. Beautiful. Okay. So you fight at what sixty eight kilos? Uh, sixty nine point eight five. So what sixty nine point eight five? And are you currently on track, or is there going to be a lot of saunas and baths? No, I'm on track, mate. I do this properly, and um, well, if it was left to me, I probably would be doing lots of saunas. But seems the wife has got my food uh, down pat. <laughs> She's uh, my weight's good, real good, and down to like seven point three percent body fat, like so. That's it's ridiculous. Right yeah. right. That's that's like Rocky Three, Sylvester Stallone type. Fast. I think he's around about five percent even at his peak. Sylvester Stallone. Is that is this the lowest body fat you've been, Jamie? In terms it of is. that, As, I've never scanned before for this, but only in the Yoi Ma fight I did, and I was uh, lo- the lowest day fight week. I was seven point eight. That was way in night. So yeah, I'm lower again now this time. So, so you, I'm are, feeling good. Are you in Brisbane already? Yeah, I'm here. I'm just letting my Super King size. 
double bears there, boy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> nice to know you're on the bed while talking to us, so that's uh, it's a right old threesome. We don't want to put in the uh, listeners' oh, ears, so that's for sure. <laughs> yeah we definitely don't want to see that that's uh that's for sure but uh like i said it is the uh it is essentially the fight of your life this is this will propel you on the world stage they are reporting huge interest the actual convention center up in brisbane is almost sold out by uh from what i hear so uh they've done a good job in promoting this as well yeah they've done a great job in promoting i can't uh, i can't knock them uh ddp promotions yeah they, they've done uh they've done a great job sold out near enough and yeah I, I just can't wait to go there get booed into the ring and then get cheered out of there so <laughs> well we know um we know you've actually got quite a lot of welsh fans uh getting along to the fight so you will have a bit of uh, parochial support there but uh knowing the irish lads i think we'll get outnumbered unfortunately yeah <laughs> definitely get outnumbered what was your reaction to the old uh fury wilder fight on the weekend Oh, it was delicious, wasn't it? Oh, it was a great fight. I literally, I was, I was very tired anyway, so I started falling asleep around, around six, and I was like, no, come on. I put bets on Fury stopping Wilder late round, so, yeah. and then he was catching him in round seven, and I was like, no, don't put him away yet. Wait a couple of rounds, but then he got dropped in the twelfth. Oh my god! Yeah. How did he get back up? Like. No, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Unbelievable. Yeah. It actually brought a bit of life into the heavyweight division after it's lulled for so long. Yes, yes, he's brought it all back. and It, it makes people want to watch boxing again, though, that does, like, you know? And people are talking about that fight now, and they will for a long time. <laughs> shocking, shocking judging decision, though, really, in all honesty. It's, uh... Oh, a draw, yeah, it's bullshit. I mean, remember the old days when we grew up with the, you know, the British fighters. You know, you had to go to when when they fought away in Italy. You had to, you know, knock him out to get a draw, so to speak, if you mm. fight away. And uh, I think Fury's uh, been on the end of that, unfortunately. Yeah, definitely. He, even the the one ref would give it a draw. That was bogus. That was. But then the one ref, the other uh, judge, give it to Wilder. Wilder, but yeah, not just that. He yeah. gave it to him by four rounds. That was the uh, yeah. worst thing. I know it's two knockdowns in there, but between rounds yeah, three and two rounds, he won. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you've hit the nail on here. We've had uh, obviously Mundine fight. Actually, had a lot of interest the other week. Uh, you know, only went uh, ninety seconds, so that wasn't mm-hmm. uh, exactly what we wanted for. But uh, and then you get the heavyweight fights and everything else. So people. Are actually now starting to talk about boxing again in a positive way some in a positive way you know with that Mundine fight they, they made him weigh in two hours before the fight like you know mm. that's mm. sick if you want to fight a bloke you fight them at the weight you weigh in the next day at like you don't yeah. be making them weigh two hours before the fight you know yeah. it's, that's bullshit yeah, I, wasn't but, um, I thought that was rough as well. When's your weigh-in day? Friday, Friday, 2 p.m., yeah. Okay, and then it's replenishment time. Yeah, and then I'd be fine. I'd, like, I'll rock up sweet on that way, and I won't be dehydrated too much. Like, so yeah. what, after... See, Hogan's got a bit of a belly. So. Oh, is he? Oh, I see you've been uh, seen the... trading barbs on uh, social media. Yeah, a bit of, bit of banter, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, talk us through, after you weigh in at 2pm, obviously you can't go just crazy and eat yourself crazy because it'll, you know, it'll impact your fitness and your, your body will just react differently. What is the uh, the timeline and how do you prepare after weighing towards the run-up to the fight? If I was back home now, back in Perth, right, what I'd be doing is get the wife in the kitchen, Don't. makes me a homemade pizza, <laughs> wedges, oh, yeah. And I smashed that. I had two pizzas and a heap of uh, wedges and... <laughs> oh, boys, I'm telling you, it is oh, divine. I, I can't wait for that. So, in all honesty... I'm glad you get that clean. I yeah, thought, yeah. As soon as you said, grab the wife, I was a bit worried. Grab the wife in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah. 
Fenton! Yeah. <laughs> um, um, come fight time, what do you think you'll... Like, how many kilos would you put on over that 24-hour period, do you think? Uh, not many, like, you know, because I, I make weight comfortably, like, you know, so, mm. like, if I go in there with a full belly, which I don't plan on doing, but um, I'd probably be about 74, 75. Okay. So that's quite know, substantial so. kind of add-on, isn't it, from 69? That's five kilos overnight. Yeah. That's quite full-on. It just proves that uh, <laughs> trying to fill quite a big hole that you've kind of starved yourself into over the past, you know, six weeks of camp. Yeah, because when I started, I was, like, 80 kilos, you know, so mm. it's come off gradually. Yeah. Like, you know, I got a bit sticky in the middle there, and it always gets a bit sticky. Right, about seventy-five kilos. I can't quite tip over the edge, but you you give your system a good shock. You know, you you starve yourself for half a day, and then you have a good binge the next day, and that just shakes up your world. You know, and your weight starts falling off you again, and like you know, just. Mm. Or spike it, change it up a bit, and the weight uh, comes off then. Now, um, I hear from your manager, you had a bit of a uh, interesting sparring partner the last couple of weeks. He came over from Japan to uh, specifically to oh. get you in the uh, in the groove for this fight. Oh, he did that, all right. <laughs> oh, my God, what a nightmare that was. <laughs> Can't believe it. <laughs> Why, what's, what, what exactly happened? He didn't lock up, did he? He got kept in a detention centre in the airport. Oh, really? Oh, oh what? Got- and sent back home. Oh, I didn't know this. Oh, I didn't realise. I, I just knew he was he was coming because he'd been booked and he was on a plane. That's the last I heard. You couldn't go meet him at the airport and just got a couple of rounds in? I, <laughs> uh, mate, I went to the airport there. I was five, I was there half past four to seven o'clock waiting for him. Like two, two or three other planes had been emptied. And I'm like, wait, where's the free? Like... <laughs> The guy come out there and he's like, oh, he's helping us with inquiries. I was like, why inquiries? Just let the bloke come out. He's coming to train with me. And they didn't believe that he, like, because he's coming over just for a training camp. You yeah, know, yeah. he wasn't getting mm. paid or anything. Like, his mm. flight's accommodation, his food is all covered, you know, and they didn't believe it. Right. So, And he was only here for 10 days anyway. Yeah, I knew that. So then oh, geez. they so, kept him and sent him back. Well, what, did they have any right to do that? Well, I, I even got, like, the local MP, uh, the local mayor, sorry, which then contacted someone else, and then they got someone else, and they couldn't do anything, mate. Oh, that's amazing. That's insane. Jeez. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, <laughs> I, really, I really didn't know what happened, so... Uh... <laughs> I thought he was being sarcastic. No, no, I wasn't. All I knew was because he'd been. I'd talked to Anto, and uh, yeah, we booked this guy. He's going to give Jamie a real workout, and I haven't really talked to him since. So uh, yeah, that's uh, the last I heard. So that's not great. So so well in in the absence of that, have you managed to get decent sparring in? Yeah, we have. Yeah, we've had like um, Vic. We've uh, we had Joe Camilleri come over from Melbourne. There Uh, we had uh, Wes. Mix of boys, like you know, mix yeah. of different styles, and they've it, kept me right on my toes. You know, probably get—I'm not saying probably again touched up more more rounds than I actually won. You know, so which is great. They got taken into my uh, where I wasn't comfy. You know, so out of my comfort zone, and that's where I like to be. I don't like to be, but yeah, well, it's it's needed. You know, so. yeah, exactly. Like I said earlier, it is what they're calling all or nothing. It is the basically the world title eliminator, Jamie Weech. The Welsh Dragon out of Perth via Cum Khan or Ponderwen taking Ponty on Wen. Ponty Wen for, uh, taking on Dennis <laughs> Hogan who's Irish and now living in Brisbane so it's a real expat battle down under uh, it's going to be an absolute belter if you're in Brisbane listening to this please 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 get along to the Brisbane Convention Centre on Saturday night or tune in I'm pretty sure there is a live stream available to purchase as well of the fight this one is going to be an absolute cracker and we are very very desperate to see Jamie Weech 
propel himself to the world stage and get this world title shot that uh, may come along in the next 12 months providing he gets over these uh, you know this little hurdle this little green man the leprechaun (laughs) the sleeping policeman (laughs) so it's going to be an absolute battle royale and uh, we can't wait and Jamie we do wish you all the best I'll have the the donuts I'm going to have the donuts ready to go for you (laughs) on Saturday night up there so uh, can't wait as well it's going to be an absolute pleasure to see you uh, in the ring and uh, hopefully lifting these uh, two belts that are up for grabs it is actually we say it's a world title eliminator but it's also the IBF Pen Pacific and the WBO Intercontinental is that right? That's right. That is right I think yeah. This is a genuine genuine I know we have a bit of fun with Jamie but uh, mate he is on the world stage and uh, you know if anyone deserves it this little fella does. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So all the best mate I will catch up with you on uh, up in Brisbane for the weekend I am desperate to uh, to get to the fight and uh, we'll be there cheering you on go well Jamie Legends, boys. thank you very much the fellas have a good one I'll bet I'll bet this in just for you as well <laughs> just <laughs> <laughs> bang you ready <laughs> there we go yeah cracking you'll be up now you'll be running up the steps before you know it Punching exactly pig right. carcasses. Chasing chickens. Yeah, chasing chickens. There you go. What else would you do? All right, beautiful. All right, mate. Thank you for joining us. We will talk to you very, very soon. Hopefully, we might we might have good reason to talk to you next week. Let's hope so. You will. You will. Yeah. Beautiful. All right, mate. Cheers, boys. Thanks Thank for you. that. Actually, it's a bit of a sad week. Oh, we're not going to do that again, are we? What? What? what were you talking about someone who died or something? No. Okay. We do, obviously we do this show live on Sunday FM 88.3. Yeah. Sweet sounds of the bass Yeah. Um, but uh, there's an expat online station that actually takes the content off this. Uh, yes. Of our show. Has done for the past year. Right. And uh, called Black Sheep Radio. And we love the Black Sheepers. Yeah. But unfortunately, it seems like the Black Sheepers have uh, oh, they've lots of manpower, lots of funds. Yeah. So they've actually let us know that this week is the very last 365 days of sport. Mm. Uh, actually, the station will close over the weekend. Yeah. So for now, uh, they may feel the desire and hunger to get back up on, on board. Do you know what? It's a fantastic well, I know station. a lot of people listen to it. Yeah, they do. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it is a bit of a shame. So unfortunately, uh, the Black Sheep is... Uh, Let's hope they can get it back up. Yeah, on. went about an endeavour, had a go. Yeah, they did. Exactly right. And we do thank them for in uh, for enjoying the uh, 365 Days of Sport. Their little hour on, a, mm-hmm. I think, Thursday night, 9 o'clock, mm-hmm. uh, when it goes out. And uh, I, I still meet people that do actually listen mm-hmm. on a Thursday night to a little one-hour podcast version. And yeah. uh, still surprises me that uh, <laughs> that they actually listen. Still. <laughs> I don't know why anyone yeah. would... Uh, well, it's nice to have a nice surprise. It, Definitely nicely surprised week in week out, as opposed to a surprise where something goes badly yeah. wrong. Blokes I've played cricket with for nine or ten weeks, so yeah. I found out on this weekend. Yeah, they listen every week, yeah. and I thought, but they hadn't mentioned it so far. Mm. It's like when I was born, Mum said I was a nice surprise. Really? Yeah. What was she expecting? Not n- gastro. N- not, not anything. <laughs> not anything. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Better than nothing. Oh. <laughs> Rob. <laughs> Better than nothing, Briars. <laughs> Casual Rob Briars. Casual Rob Briars. That's it. Better than nothing. Hey, yeah. Uh, how's the gambling going? Uh what? Uh, made made two handy for the weekend. Right. The How about so, this? Oh, pair of nuns accused of embezzling a cool five hundred thousand dollars for Vegas gambling trips. Embezzling five handy some nuns to go. <laughs> this is 
Brilliant. A pair of nuns from a Catholic school in Torrance, California. Just were they size. nun imposters or they no. nuns that, that genuine turned, nuns? They turned bad. Well, they, or they, turned good, so turned, to speak, Rob. Sure. Uh, Maybe they were trying to raise the five hundred grand to create more to give more to charity to fix the roof. That's yeah. the old, the old one, isn't it? We've got to fix the church roof. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a pair of nuns from Catholic school in Torrance, California, just outside Los Angeles, have been accused of embezzling close to half a million dollars from uh, children's parents in fees, donations, and tuition, and using the proceeds to fund gambling trips to Las Vegas, whilst telling parents the school was operating on a shoestring budget. Uh, sisters Mary Margaret Krupa and Lana Chang, two long-time nuns from the St. James Catholic School, were both involved in the personal use of a substantial amount of school funds, which were diverted into a secret bank account which only they had access to. I hope that was more than just one trip to Vegas, that 500 grand. Uh, uh, that would be one hell of a bender. last 10 years. Former Principal Krupa, who recently retired after 28 years of service, handled money related to tuition and school fees, and is alleged she handed some checks onto bookkeeping staff but withheld others endorsing them under the fake name of St. James's Convent Right. Uh, the church's Monsignor Michael Myers Michael Myers how funny is that yep. told parents and alumni that an irregularity was first noticed when a family requested a copy of a check made out to the school after which Sister Krupa who at the time was facing a standard audit became very nervous and uh, very anxious yes yeah investiga- uh, independent investigation was la- launched and the scheme was uncovered the officials say that sisters have both expressed deep remorse for their actions oh that's good and while the archdiocese is cooperating with local police they will not press charges in part because the nuns have agreed to make restitution. They must have had a great win in Vegas. They must have done very well somewhere along the way there. That's the reverse of Sister Act. Is it? Because in Sister Act, Whoopi Goldberg is a Las Vegas showgirl that becomes a nun to go undercover. Now we've got two nuns parading off to become Las Vegas showgirls. So how about that? Maybe that inspired them to do it. Act Sister. Gosh, it's Act Sister. It is Act Sister. It's a reverse. Well, no, actually it was... There was a sister. What? Which is the act? Surely the nun is the act still, mm. because the real the real versions are obviously the punters. That's quite unbelievable. How, how did they? How did they? If they were just going away for the weekend, what did they say? They, it actually says they had a history of going on trips together. Right, just Didn't, going on trips. They were going to spread the word of they were, Jesus. They were missionaries, Rob. Um, they just tend to like doing it in Las Vegas or every time. Well, there's lots of sinners in Las Vegas yeah. that need healing. There's already people talking about making this into a film. It's brilliant. Um, I don't know how they pulled off for 10 years. Or what conversations they're having behind the scenes compared to what conversations that they're essentially leading a complete double life for 10 years. Exactly right. Exactly right. And living... It well, must be exhausting. How do yeah. you keep it up for that long? How do you keep embezzling? Or do, they, do you think they had a loan shark? Keep your mouth closed. Yeah. They, they were paying off Tony. Tony... Dizano. I don't know. How did he not casually just slip out a one-liner? Like, you know, you're standing there doing as a nun doing the charity, people putting money in the thing, and you go, oh, and one of them goes, oh, gosh, that was a nice donation. Goes, yeah, not as good a donation as I got last weekend, darling. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Just slip it out. Yeah. The one-liner gag you can't resist. The, and, the, um, and the cat's out the bag. I just want, you just wonder what they were doing. Whether they were just I'm literally fasc- playing fascinated. the pokies, so to speak. It's just such the opposite of, of nun behavior. I mean... Well, that's the, right. That's uh, No thing, doubt they... They, they broke their um, promise to God of staying uh, of abstaining. I yep. mean, you're in Vegas. Yeah, you are in Vegas. You're going to meet some uh, people who are active. In what in what <laughs> regards, Rob? Active in what regard? <laughs> well, I think you know what I'm talking about. We don't need to spell it out. Hmm. Mm. I'm going to just I'm going to abstain myself from yeah, commenting good. there because uh, I am uh, not that way inclined. Um, Nigel the Gannett has been feared not into nuns no, not into nuns not this week okay New Zealand news this is good he's uh, been feared 
poisoned by weed spray. Oh. I don't know how famous Nigel is, but obviously he's made the headlines in New Zealand. <laughs> this is the first line. Nigel the Gannett may not have died from a broken heart after all. Okay. He was pretty lonely. He lost his, obviously lost his, uh, he was the only Gannett around, apparently. That's why. Mm. They'd built these dummies for him to, so he had someone to talk to, mm. or chirp to, whatever. Following a well-documented love affair with a concrete decoy, the lonely bird made international headlines when he died in February, beside his partner among a colony of fake Gannets. Now I don't even know what a Gannett is. It's like a big seabird. Okay. It's been revealed by the Department of Conservation that they were so worried that their routine spraying of glycine fate that's a weed color rob yeah uh, near the gannet Connolly may have contributed his death so they uh, send his body to be ne- necropsied i've never seen the word necropsied spelled out like that no i think that's just like a post-mortem okay he had kidney damage but they can't rule out nigel's death was caused by the weed killer that's a real shame um, the department concluded he died of natural causes. So, There's, yeah. um, you know... Um, just going to read out this one line. Oh. Nigel, so named because he had no mates, <laughs> <laughs> arrived on the Pesfri Island off the coast of Porirua City in 2014. Porirua, just north of Wellington. Yeah. That's where... So, uh, uh, there's a good golf course up there. It is. Paraparaumu. That's where Tiger Woods played when he played. Oh, really? Yeah. With his... Uh, what's this county called? Steve. It was Steve back then. For yeah. sure. Don't yep. worry. Steve I. Williams. Well, on this island... The greatest um, caddy in history. Yeah. It was the first time in 40 years again it had flown into roost, but instead of bringing a partner, Nigel quickly became infatuated with one of the 80 concrete decoys designed to lure the real thing to the fake colony. Mm. So there you go. So, yeah, he died, Nigel. It's not good, is it? It's not good. You know, you know. speaking of spraying weed in New Zealand... All right, yeah. Um, there was, at one point, some dangerous fruit fly bug or something got through the checks at the airport the infestation oh, right. yeah, checks yeah, yeah. the beagles Somehow didn't pick got it through, up didn't, i don't know and he got it was discovered in our wildlife and it was some very dodgy customer that if he wasn't targeted and wiped out it could have done severely severe damage to our native forest because it was a foreign oh. type of uh fly uh, yeah fly or something yeah. and um so they got a plane to like fly over real low all around near where i live doing yeah. And dropping the spray of everything. And uh, it was rank. It stunk. Yeah. And I remember playing. I was playing golf and the plane flew over. And you could see the spray come out. And it like hits you in the head. Just to it, kill it, one and, fly. And, and then your eyes and stuff. A bit overkill, isn't it? Well, they, they made sure of it. They didn't want to get no. our, our local native trees and uh, plantations damaged. Wow. And uh, I remember, they, of course, straight away is on the news and everyone's talking about it. And go, oh, it comes down and it stings you in the eye. It's awful. And it smells like dog urine. Oh. And um, so it's... It's, it's not uncommon to, for uh, pesticides to be yeah. uh, sprayed throughout New Zealand, so we've got to keep it clean and green. Because, yep. of course, we were not originally part of Gondwana land. We were our own landmass that came out of the fault line, New Zealand. Right. So uh, we're not. That's why we ain't got no snakes and spiders and all that. There you go. Jeez. Yeah. Educational. Yeah, look at that. This show. Mm-hmm. Not just sport, you know, because of all the sport exactly. we've covered Today, tonight. not really at all. No, that's it. Uh, we might talk about cricket, but got bored very quickly. Yeah. Uh, we'll get this back on track with uh, Top 10. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, here's tonight's top ten. Top ten, everyone loves an old top ten. They love a countdown. They do love a it's, countdown. It's, it's naturally ingrained suspense, the idea of just going from 10 to 1. Very simple idea, always works. This one, the top 10 most bizarre incidents, bizarre and memorable incidents in sporting history. Gee, that's a big top 10. That's a massive bizarre, top though. 10. I love the word bizarre. Bizarre. Bizarre means not of the norm, substantially out of the norm. 
those cases you're not, those are unaware. Are you ready, Beefy? I'm ready. ready I'm, for the I'm, top I'm loving it, so I might know one I'll or two. I'll start at 10, I'll go down to one. Yeah, cool. What do you think? That works? <laughs> the best way of doing best it. Best way of doing it. Number oh, 10. You could go oh. number one up. No, no, if no, you really want to. No, because okay. this one actually gets better we're as gonna, we go. Nice, we're going to yeah. build it. We're going to build okay, it. Okay, number 10. Yep. Fireworks boxing. Ooh. There was an attempt here. Look, this is boxing is a sport that has been practiced since ancient times. So it's no surprise that we have tried various methods to spice it up a bit. I can tell you if you're in the ring, it's spicy enough. Uh, in 1937, people thought they found a real winner. Fireworks. But this wasn't simply a light show after the match. Instead, the fireworks happened throughout the bout because they were attached to the fighters. <laughs> a metal framework in the shape of a person held the fireworks and was attached to each boxer. Then, to make it even more hazardous, the boxers fought in the dark <laughs> so the audience could fully enjoy the fireworks display. In case you have concerns, uh, uh, in case you have concerns about the safety of the fighters, don't worry. Uh, they were protected by wearing thick pri- fireproof suits made with asbestos. <laughs> oh yeah, even better. <laughs> what year was this? 1937. Oh, yeah. Surprisingly, this didn't really take off as a new method of boxing. <laughs> Only one such exhibition match took place in London in 1937. Oh. Fireworks so, boxing. That's pretty bizarre. That's, I mean, that's, that's your I can't theory. imagine trying to box wearing a fire suit of fireworks. <laughs> That's your theory about the marketing man in the office, <laughs> isn't it? A... I've got an idea. <laughs> this is back in London, 1937. Yeah. Right, so chaps, here's a thought. The next boxing match, I like boxing. I love love fireworks. Let's put them together. Yeah. What do you think? Fireworks boxing. Let's send these old chaps in there. That'll be great. Awesome. Number nine, one-limbed cricket. In 1848, a game of cricket was played at the Priory Ground in Lewisham. Yeah. Uh, unlike any other, a team of one-armed players took on a team of one-legged players. <laughs> All of the cricketers were Greenwich pensioners, uh, Navy men who were injured in combat and resided at the Royal Hospital. In preparation for their big match, the men had a large dinner the night before and a large lunch on the day of the game. They celebrated the match with a drinking session at the Bull Inn. Uh, For them, this was all about having a bit of fun, but that didn't stop over 2,500 people from attending the match and even betting on the outcome. (laughs) The one-armed team was favoured to win, and they did. Oh, yeah. Although nobody was really concerned about the final no. score. Oh, that's. I think we should bring that back in, in Invictus Games. Let's get Prince Harry on the phone. Invictus Games? Yeah. When, when is well, that they happening? Were, well, they're just in Sydney, wasn't it, this year, in okay. October? Okay. But this will open it up for right. injured uh, servicemen. Yeah. If you've lost an arm, don't worry. Yeah. We've got, we've got a challenge match against the one legged guys. Who needs the Parallel Olympics? So you need Paralympics. Uh, you Invictus know. Games, injured servicemen, mm, cricket. Brilliant. Love it. I Great. think there should be more challenges about with the disabled, one arms versus is one-leggers. Yeah. So football. Yeah. Um, and it, it, you, you still get a sense of community. Sense of community. The deaf versus the blind. There's lots <laughs> lots um, of drinking going on. They don't care, see? Like They're bowel, just doing it for fun. Bowel cancer versus lung cancer. Oh. Stuff like that. Yeah. Really bind together. All right, number eight. The player who snubbed Hitler. Uh, Matthias Sindler is one of the greatest Austrian footballers of all time, known as the paper man for his slight build. Sindler earned his greatest professional success as captain of the Austrian national team during the 1934 World Cup. Not Austria, not to be mixed up with Australia. Uh, Austria qualified again for the 1938 World Cup, but there was a problem. By that time, Nazi Germany had already invaded and annexed Austria on April 3rd, 1938. Austria played one last football match against Germany before the Austrian team was uh, dissolved and the players incorporated into the German team. Mm. It was meant to be a celebration uh, match uh, marking 
Anschluss and the return of Austria to the fatherland. Mm. Rubbish. There have always been rumors that Austria was told to lose the match or play to a draw. According to eyewitnesses, the Austrian team appeared to miss several shots on purpose. Mm. However, toward the end of the game, they had a change of heart and beat Germany 2-0. Sindelar scored the first goal and then celebrated in front of a VIP box filled with high-ranking Nazi Gestapo. Uh, afterwards, Sindelar refused to join the German national team and saying that he wanted to retire due to old age and injury. Less than a year later, he was dead of <laughs> accidental carbon monoxide poisoning. Oh, yeah, that accidental carbon monoxide, <laughs> yeah. Although many have questioned whether it was truly an accident. Mm. So there we go. Sindelar. That is a strange one. Another sort of social clash. Number seven, Wichita Monrovians versus Clan Lodge number six. <laughs> Right, this wasn't, you know, I've not heard about this. June 21, 1925, the baseball field on Wichita's Island Park hosted a unique exhibition game between the Wichita Monrovians, uh, a semi-professional African-American team that played in uh, in various Negro leagues, and the baseball team of Lodge Number 6 of the Ku Klux Klan. Oh. A clan, just a friendly, a friendly. little friendly match between the, the clan black team and versus the, black, the clan. black Americans. Uh, by 1925, the clan's influence there was uh, starting to wane. This is likely one of the reasons why they wanted to play uh, and beat an African-American baseball team <laughs> in the first place. The Monroeans also wanted to show their superiority, uh, so the game was a PR move for both sides. They were both <laughs> right into it, the clan and the <laughs> African-Americans. You can imagine trying to broker yeah. that match. Hey, okay. we're the clan and we want to play against an all-black side. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah, this yeah. is one of the great grudge matches of all time. <laughs> this is a whole nother level. <laughs> Dude, have we got a score? Uh, both teams encouraged their fans to attend the game, and a large interracial crowd was present that day. There was a fear of violence, but the teams promised that all the fans will see is baseball. Oh. Surprisingly, they were right. The game took place without incident, and the Monrovians won 10 to 8. Wow, what a game. Wow. It's just, yeah, I'm here to support the clan with all you. That is bizarre. I, like, I'm not, I just wonder if they're standing there with their hoods on and, yeah. the, and with their, with their torches and stuff, just <laughs> casually watching the game. Just, <laughs> just in the stand. Just. If they had chants going or anything or they all stand up and sing take me out to the ball game together with the torches burning <laughs> and the crosses that's crazy that one that is crazy yeah we're not going to kill you or lynch you or anything we're just going to play baseball <laughs> number six the kirkwall bar oh yes uh, you, you, can you about. explain what bar is uh bar is a scottish word for football yeah so uh kirkwall is the ancient art kind of the way they used to play football yeah uh, basically, there's one goal at one end of the village, one goal at the other end of the village. And mm. uh, the idea is to put the ball in the goal by any means possible. Well, this is the story of how they believe it originally okay, came excellent. about. Yep. According to legend, the Kirkwall Bar was created to commemorate the death of Tusker, an evil Viking tyrant uh, named for his long protruding teeth. An unidentified uh, young man defeated Tusker and chopped off his head. However, one of Tusker's teeth scratched the boy's leg, causing a fatal infection. With his last breath, the brave young man reached Kirkwall and threw Tusker's head into the crowd. Angered by the young man's death but happy at Tusker's demise, the people started kicking the head through the streets of Kirkwall. According to legend, that's how Bach got started. Wow. 
Now, the bar had been taking place as we know it today since the mid-19th century. Hundreds of men participate. They are either uppies or doonies based. Uppie, yeah, upper, yeah. Uppers, uppers and downers. If you yeah. live on the upside of the village or the downside. Sure. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's what just is on whether their ancestors lived up or down from the Mercat Cross. Does that sound right? Now, the doonies' goal is in the Sea of Kirkwall Bay, while the uppies must score on the site of the old town gates. So that's how that actually started. There you go. So Craziness. there's a few variations that we, we know of. Bottle kicking. Didn't Gav bring it up one day? Yeah, I think so. Bottle kicking is one. Yeah. Um, uh, in Medbourne, Derbyshire, yeah. which we went to. Yeah. And there is another one as well. Kirk Lees, I think, is the other one that play ancient football. There's variations all around the UK. Okay. And um, it's mad because they have a three, literally a three-day celebration. You just drink and drink and drink, and then you go and play a bit of bah! Yeah. Or, or medieval football, whatever it is. If you can walk. If you can walk. But yeah. I think I think we, because we went through, the, there's some rules, isn't there? You're not allowed to put it in a car. Not allowed, to kill, <laughs> not allowed to kill anyone. Not allowed to kill anyone. Yeah. Um, but the other thing was, I think um, the game has to finish. Unless you're close to scoring, it has to finish at 10 o'clock. Because obviously the pubs close at 11. So oh. they make sure yeah. that play stops at 10 so make, you can get yeah. in the pub. That's a great idea. Yeah, fantastic. Really thinking. <laughs> really thinking. Number five, Blondin crossing Niagara Gorge. You know anything about this lad? Charles Blondin is his name. Right. Uh, arriving in America in 1955, he soon dreamed up the idea that brought him fame and fortune, crossing the gorge over Niagara Falls on a tightrope. This is long before Annie Edson Taylor became the first person to go over the falls in a barrel. Suffice it was to say that most of the 25,000 people who attended Blondin's spectacle were expecting to see a suicidal man fall to his death. Blondin became the first person to walk across the Niagara Gorge on a tightrope. Uh, to increase the excitement, he stopped halfway across, sat down, and had a bottle of wine. Nice. <laughs> what a mental. After he reached the Canadian side, Blondin rested for 20 minutes and then returned to the other bank. This time he carried Daguero-type camera and stopped to take a picture. Aww. A whole bottle of wine. Yeah, and then the tightrope. And then carried on. Wasn't worried about the effects of that. Maybe he was alcoholic too, so he could tolerate it. Probably. Pretty impressive, old blondin. <laughs> Number four, the Chalmers Award. This one I get pretty short. It's basically, yeah. it's about Ty Cobb and some other uh. baseball player. And they were competing for this Chalmers Award, which were the best bat- batter. Okay. And their averages were like basically identical. And they were playing a game at the same time, uh, different places against oh, other yeah. teams. And Ty Cobb was hated so much that the other team was assisting right. to try okay. and... They were like putting their third baseman out in yeah. right field and stuff. Okay. Just so he could run around the base. So they're basically it. It was basically a conspiracy against, fueled by the hate of Ty Cobb, right. universally by all other teams. Yep. Okay, top three. This is great. Top three. Good. The 1904 Olympics. Oh yeah. The night. Obviously, you know live pigeon shooting. Level, that was part of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The 1904 Olympic marathon was one of the oddest sporting events in history, plucked straight out of slapstick comedy. Uh, most of the athletes were American. Uh, especially impressive was gymnast George Isa, who won six medals, even though he had a wooden leg. <laughs> Nice. Throughout the Olympics, the organisers scheduled anthropology days, inverted commas. Exhibits were various tribesmen displayed by their culture and traditions. Occasionally, they were invited to participate in sporting events uh, to supposedly show how inferior they were to the white man. 
It was just a tiny step above the human zoos that were popular at prior world fairs. Yeah. Interesting. As for the marathon itself, uh, it was initially won by Fred Laws, but he was disqualified after it was revealed that he had travelled 18 kilometres, that's 11 miles, by car. The real that was, winner, that's a big big ask in 1904 no, as well. Actually, by a race car, it says. Yeah. The real winner was Thomas Hicks, although he had taken performance-enhancing drugs. Uh, specifically, he took strike, oh. strychnine? Strychnine? Strychnine. Strychnine. Yeah. Strychnine, which acted as a stimulant in small doses. Uh, but that wasn't the end of the weirdness. Andarin Carvajal, a Cuban postman, competed in his street clothes. Um, <laughs> during the race, he stopped in an orchard where he accidentally ate some rotten apples and had to take a nap to recover. Even so, he came fourth. <laughs> there you go. Another runner named Len Tao was the first black African to compete in the Olympics. He finished ninth, but he had a good excuse. He ran two kilometers off the course because he was chased by wild dogs. <laughs> good excuse. <laughs> that was a good standard marathon, that yeah. one. Great stuff. That's number three. Number two, Tour of Shame. Oh. Nowadays, we associate the Tour de France with cheating. Yeah. But the two have been strongly linked almost from the start. The first race was organized in 1903 by French newspaper Lauto, Lauto to increase readership. It was won by Maurice Garin and proved successful enough to warrant another tournament in 1904, which was rife with such blatant cheating <laughs> that it makes our modern cycling scandals tame by comparison. In fact, Tour de France founder Henri Desgranger was so disgusted frustrated and discouraged that he wanted to cancel future events but he eventually changed his mind in the 1904 event 88 riders participated with 27 crossing the finish line but only 15 did it fairly almost half were disqualified for cheating including the first four cyclists and all the stage winners initially Morris Garin won again but after months of investigation fifth place Henri Cornet was awarded the trophy cyclists were allowed to take almost anything so there were <laughs> there were no doping scandals in fact alcohol cocaine and chloroform were all part of the standard rider diet for decades. Most of the cheating involved using shortcuts, travelling by car or train, and throwing nails on the road. Oh, God. (laughs) Fantastic. Riders also relied on angry mobs to beat up the competition when passing through their hometowns. The worst incidents occurred in Saint-Otienne, where 100 people armed with stones and cudgels attacked the riders to allow Antoine Faure to take the lead. Giovanni Gerby was beaten unconscious and his fingers were broken. From then on, many cyclists were armed with revolvers. (laughs) Brilliant. Oh, fantastic. Imagine that nowadays. Yeah. Um, Tour de France. Yeah, well, they've got video cameras now. You get, yeah. you get caught too easily. And number one is quite simply monkey testicle doping scandal. Yeah, that's always the top of my list. That's the one? Yeah. The Wolverhampton Wanderers is an English Ooh. football club that 
uh, with a long tradition going back to 1877. Throughout its existence, the club has been highly influential. It was one of the founders of the Football League in the UK and later helped to establish the European Cup, which eventually became the UEFA Cup Champions League. Uh, managed by Major Frank Buckley, the club became involved in the strangest doping scandal in sports history in 1939. Buckley had heard of a revolutionary technique pioneered by surgeon Serge Voronoff that involved grafting tissue from monkey testicles onto human testicles as a rejuvenation method. In fact, his treatment was quite popular throughout uh, the 1920s and 1930s. Maybe this reminds you of the Olympics the other day where they yeah. were inspired by uh, the link with the eunuchs. There's some sort of connection going on. Anyway, Buckley <laughs> had his players undergo the procedure. He announced it to the uh, media and other clubs, arguing that it wasn't doping and that there were no rules against it. After the procedure, there appeared to be an improvement in his players' stamina and strength that was immediately attributed to the rejuvenation therapy. Wow. However, any changes were likely the result of the placebo effect even so more football clubs soon adopted the technique but other clubs protested so vehemently that the house of commons had to debate in 1939 whether football players were allowed to use monkey (laughs) testicles Uh. eventually the practice fell out of favor and voronoff was ridiculed for his beliefs if that's not the top 10 most bizarre but memorable moments definitely quite bizarre then, uh, wow, that's as, that's as good as I can do you. Yeah, great stuff, Rob. Mm, good, I like that. That's beautiful, fantastic. So yeah. Just the cheating. Cyclists with revolvers getting beaten Sounds up by angry better. mobs. That's, I a, love the, that's the, a whole other Tour de France. The, the gymnast with the six medals, but he had a wooden leg. Yeah, that's, he did very well. Yeah. And um, and the Cuban, uh, no, the African lad who was the first ever black African in, in the Olympics. Games, that's and a got chased huge. Two kilometers off the course by wild dogs. <laughs> Crazy. Anyway. <laughs> uh um, they've cancelled Shortland Street, the musical, Rob. Oh, really? Due, yeah. I thought you were going to say the show. No. That no. would have been proper news because that's been going for a long 20 time. 20 years. Plus, I believe. 20, 30 years almost. Yeah. Um, apparently, uh, poor ticket sales. Where? Oh, gosh. Forced, uh, I mean, uh, it surprises me. Producers of the show were forced to cancel prob- the national tour because of poor advanced ticket sales. There'll be a lot of devastated people in there, so I'm sorry for those people involved in that production. Mm. But uh, if you really think about it, probably wasn't really something that... Because the theatre, you're looking for a slightly more posh, It is a musical. Posh, it's a more posh audience. <laughs> you're looking for a more posh audience who would despise Shorten Street, Let's be honest. It's a soap opera, so um, didn't really think they went through. I think, they're, and it surprised them as well. They really thought they're onto a winner. How does Shane warn the musical go? Do you have any I idea? Did, I went and saw it actually. Oh yeah, I did actually go and see <laughs> I, it. Of course, you went and saw that one. Um, it wasn't bad. It's was all right. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't great. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it was passable. It was quite mm-hmm. funny. They could have heard Shane Warne talking about it the other day. Oh really? And he was saying there's some scene apparently where he's sitting on a beanbag with a slab of VB, just sitting there drinking. It and his mum is vacuuming around him while, and he lifts his feet up so she can vacuum around him while he sits yeah. there not moving, drinking his beer on the beanbag or something. And Shane was watching it and he's going, How the hell do they know that? Oh! <laughs> it was all true. Clearly, because out of everyday think life. He didn't go to the premiere, but Simone okay. did yeah. on the first night. And then yeah. I think Warney went the next night or something along those okay. lines because yeah. uh, obviously a bit of the star of the show is, is her. And I, I mm-hmm. believe that she passed on a lot of the stories too all they ah, perfect that would, that would make sense yeah okay. but Warney did I think he got offended when he when he he knew it was coming out but I, I do believe that uh, he actually got involved to make sure yeah. it wasn't too far and you know was on the right
write lines. But okay. the costumes leave a lot to be desired. The, the cricket whites were just ridiculous. Oh, you didn't like the cricket whites? No. Yes, they've not proper kit. Not proper kit. Those, those all yeah, not attention to detail. You know. My word. Oh, was what, crazy. was it Gunner Moore, Grey Nichols they went for? Kookaburra? Uh, well, Warney was or a county was man, wasn't he, in the end? County? Yeah, he was county for a long time. His bat, like his bats? Yeah, yeah, he was a county player, yeah. Uh, Australian county, not... I thought county went down a long time before no, Warney. he was still going. Yeah. Uh, late on his career. Can't remember what he used late on. No one before. used county anymore. Who was the one that made a big comeback that was done and dusted and then it's just made... Was, was, was it, was it, it might have been Duncan Furley. No. Oh, well, they're still going, but nobody uses it anymore. Okay. They were my sponsors when I first... Uh, my dad had a DF. Yeah. Oh. Big AB five-star. Yeah. Furley. It was a heavy it, beast. They called it the AB over here. It was a Magnum in Britain. Magnum. Yeah, the yeah. Magnum had the little bump on it, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. But I thought the AB nah, did nah, here. Did it. Oh, nah, really? It was pretty straight. Yeah. Obviously, just a, just a Ian, big, heavy Ian logger. Both of them was the big Duncan Fernley man. Yeah, he was a big Duncan. Oh, Viv. Viv, obviously, in his Viv, prime. Then he went to Slesinger. He, then he went to Slesinger, that's yeah. right. Uh, I, I, so I had Grand Nichols when I was a kid, and mm. um, then I, I had Slesinger. My very first bat that I remember as a uh, kid was a gun and more. Yeah. The old cannon. And then I progressed to the old, um, what do I have? Oh, SS Jumbo. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, the yeah, big yeah. Jumbo. Did they have the curved end? Oh, yeah. No, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I love the weird shaped bats. Yeah, yeah. The GF Diamond. That was an amazing Ooh. one. The GF Diamond. GM, oh, okay, GM yeah, Diamond. Yeah. Kind of more, yeah, they're still yeah, yeah. banging out the diamonds now. That's, but it actually had all the shavings and the... Yeah, yeah I love all those weird ones. The, uh, I had a... Um, oh, County did a reflex and it had a big lump yeah. on the bottom of the bat where the, oh, where the yeah, middle yeah, yeah. was. I remember yeah, that yeah. one. It's all like the Kookaburra Bubble was a bit like that. Yeah. Oh, and, uh, Kookaburra Bubble has was a hollow inside. That's why it was called a bubble. Right. But this, the... The reflex had a lump where the middle was. Yeah. Just an extra. And then it was, uh, yeah, kind of an angled bottom. It's a great one. The um, V12 was a bit like ooh. that. Had the accelerator in the middle there. Yeah. I've always won the V12s. I got hammered down. So I had a Newberry yeah. Excalibur ooh, uh, nice. to start with. John with, with this with the, with the sh- shoulders, Lance Cairns oh, style yeah. shaved off. Well, Slazinger did the uh, shoulderless as well. Okay. Because that's where, the, well, the V was for Viv, but yeah. uh, they did a shoulderless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I went on to, I yeah, get hammered down a GMC. Skipper. I remember the Newbury. It had the fluoro orange and blue stripe yeah, on yeah, the yeah. shoulderless. Yep. Yeah, 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 nice. That was a great one. And then my first proper big boy bat was a size six or Harrow. It was yeah. a uh, Granicles Ex- extra cover or something or power spot. Uh, not no, it wasn't power spot. It had the, it had the diagonal, the giant diamond shape on it. Oh. Great bat though. God, it had a great middle on it. Yeah. And uh, actually, that was the funny one because I was so stoked with this bat. I was over yeah. the moon. And I knocked it in for ages, belting it for like a month, just making sure it was going to be all right <laughs> for, for ages yeah. and ages. And my old house used to have sort of about four steps, a four step deck to go yeah. down to the grass. And finally, I knocked the bat in. I was all psyched up, ready for my first bat in the backyard. Put the pads on, box in, yeah. everything. The mat was going to come and bowl to me. And I went all excited and went running down the deck with my brand new bat. Oh, and, no. and I stumbled and fell. And it went shoo. Boom, boom, uh, smashed the side of the bat right on the corner of the deck and put oh, a massive big ding no. in it. And I was absolutely devastated. You reckon my brother had any sympathy? <laughs> nah, he laughed. Last ass off. I've got to bring it up every family Christmas. I'm sure they do. That's great. Um, I went to school with a lad. I'm going to name him. Glenn Thomas, right? Not very sporty. Welshman. Did you say I'm not going to name him? Yeah. And then you said Glenn Thomas. Yeah, I'm going to name Okay, him. there he is. Um, he bought a bat. And you know on the old bats when you're a kid, oil before use. Yeah. By the time he used it 18 times, mm. it had about 14 inches of oil on it. He oiled it before every use. <laughs> The thing was covered in linseed oil. It was dripping. Just every time he used it, there oil before oh, use. It says no more. Um, when I was about thirteen, I got uh, the old Harrow. 
yep. size Magnum, uh, straight out the straight out the wrapper, straight in. Within two months, I'd outgrown it. It was brand wow. new. It was beautiful. This bat devastated. Yeah. Well, I, that was the problem I had because I think mine was even a six, not a Harrow. Yeah, it but I, was. I kept getting out to Yorkers because I couldn't get the bat was too short. Yeah. See, that's why I had to move. So I yeah. used my brand new Magnum for not that long. In fact, how's this old uh, Beef Senior? He started using my Harrow bat because it was such a good bat. <laughs> Uh, he started using it in senior games, the old man. So, uh, he used that for a long time. Right. So, yeah, I progressed then. Actually, the old man went to Australia in 91 Ashes and brought me back a kookaburra from Australia. Wow. And it was one of the greatest bats of all time. Yeah, yeah. Dean Jones signed signature bat. Okay. Superpower, I think it was called, yeah. After that practice, my my bat, which I've still got now, which I love, which is the V500. Very heavy, £2.12, £13. I'm currently... It's almost £3. Well, I had a... That Kookaburra was £2.13, actually. Yeah. uh, And lasted a long, long time. I'm going to tell you the story. When I went to play for Norwich and Norfolk, um, on the way back to play cricket in the UK Mm. as a professional, um, I stopped off in Bahrain to watch the very first... Bahrain. Bahrain. Yeah. The very first Formula One Grand Prix in Bahrain was there. Right. Fourth... Of the 4th, 2004. That's 444. Four, four. That's it was, where the, that soccer lad's from who's been currently in... Yeah, it was yeah. a refugee status okay, who yeah. were... Yeah. I, w- I had a week in Bahrain. There is... Don't go to Bahrain for a week. Okay. Sorry, the Bahrain what tourist board. The list? Three days at most, really. Yeah. Anyway, the Formula 1 was on. It wasn't that exciting. So I had a lot of time to kill. And I ended up in the Giant, the supermarket. Yeah. It's huge. Anyway, looking around for something to do. Found these bats in yep. the sports section mm-hmm. in Bahrain. I thought, oh, mm-hmm. hello. They were $8. Eight dollars, yeah, for a proper bat. For a proper bat, they were RNS Larson at the time, two thousand four. Were very bespoke bats, right? From India, top players used them. These were called Carsons, right? These bats, yep. they were rip off. The stickers were exactly the same. The font yeah. was exactly the same. They had just replaced the L with a K. The next letter down, Carson. <laughs> anyway, so I thought, look, I was bored. Eight mm. bucks. I'll go and I'll go and knock a ball around. I'll bat in the nets. I'll throw. I'll have you know do some throwdowns for myself. Or do it. I was going to play yeah. cricket. This bat was the greatest thing of all time. This right. eight dollar really? bat hit Matt Sinclair for four consecutive sixes with it. <laughs> it's folklore in Norwich. This bat before it died, and I smashed people everywhere. It was awesome. <laughs> Uh, it broke halfway through the season, oh. right up the middle. But they st- it's still framed in the Norwich Clubhouse really? because of this $8 bat. That the Bahrain beast. The Bahrain beast. I even tried to go back to the Giant. Actually, when we were in Dubai, but they didn't sell bats anymore. Well, that's a hell of a great yeah, bat. Great story. Oh, that's our new segment, Rod. Batting bat story? chat. I have a feeling it won't last no, that much we've gone long, through though. everything. Did eh? I tell you that I went to V500 in the end? Yeah, that, you did. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah that that's amazing. bat chat on 365 yeah. Days I've, of I've Sport. I've had many sixes with that V500. I'm a big six. I've got a woodworm now. Well, I, I, Kevin I'm, Peterson edition. I'm a great driver of the ball. Nice. Yeah. Long limb, see? All lies, not a word of truth. It is rumoured that the AFL has been forced into launching yet another Essendon media drug scandal investigation, as there has been rumours of possible meddlings with monkey testicles. All lies, not a word of truth. Let's play Balder Dash! Balder Dash! Bother Dash! 
It's a fun game. Yeah. It's a fun game. So much fun to be had. Yeah. Monkey yeah. testicles, though. I'm lo- yeah. I'm loving that. How timely was that uh, top 10? And then all of a sudden, Incredible. in the news, that just came Essendon. up. Unbelievable. I, I wouldn't put it past them. No. I, I don't put anything. I put everything well in front of them. Right, sport in Balderdash. This is the game everyone's talking about. This is the game where we basically test each other's knowledge of sport. We basically tell each other sports people, sports things, sports facts. Uh, they can be real, they can be true. We've basically got to guess whether they can they're... be real or true. Yeah, or not true. Or not true. Or, or not fake, real. Not or real. Fake, fake yeah. news. Real news. Real news. Um, inter- intermediate news. No, that's no, halfway that's house. Really. Not a, no, that's not really. It's all there. It's black not. Black or white rope. Well, we put a ban on that, didn't we? We did. That's, saying well. saying everything true except one small thing. Yeah, it doesn't and, work. It's bollocks. Anyway, uh, very quick this week. Head to head's always quick. Look out. We had a penalty shootout last week as well. Yes. So, uh, all righty. I'm going to kick things off. Tom Cruise. C-R-U-Z, by the way, Rob. Yeah. Tom Cruise, Hong Kong jockey of Portuguese descent, has won a number of Group 1s, including the Hong Kong Derby. True. Four times. True. No, Tom Cruise isn't oh, the Hong Kong jockey. Oh, jeez. Should have got that. You should have got Who that. Who wins it four times? I thought you'd finished. That was it. Dusty Rhodes. Oh. Three-time NWA World Wrestling Champion from Austin, Texas. He was sport, very man. fat. He was very fat. Dusty Rhodes. True. True. Oh, there you go. Do you know there was an England fullback in the 80s? Dusty Rhodes. Dusty hair. Oh. Yeah, I don't think that was his real name. Yeah, there's a few Dusties around. Yeah, yeah, All right. Brandon Flowers, not the killer's front man, but the retired all-pro cornerback from the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Diego Chargers. Brandon Flowers. I think I've heard of him and it's true. You've heard of Brandon Flowers? I think, I think so. you're I think confusing so. him with the killers. Well, no, I reckon I've heard of him as a football player. No, he is a football yes! player. Retired. Just retired. What a ago. comeback. Yeah. 2-1! Ronald McDonald, Canadian marathon runner. It's all about marathons tonight. Trips over his own feet. Marathon runner, winner of the second ever Boston Marathon in 1898. 1898? 1898. Ronald McDonald. Ronald McDonald. False. True. Is it true? Come back. Oh, here we go. All righty, who we got? Matt Windows. Matthew Windows. Matty Windows. Former Gloucestershire cricketer, opening bat. Career average of just above 32. Goes by the nickname Steamy. Matt Steamy, Steamy Windows. Windows. Steamy Windows. False. No, Matt Steamy Windows oh. is Gloucestershire. Opening Come on. Bat. Come on. Open the windows. Open Steamy. Jesus. Justin Beaver. Justin Beaver, yeah. Uh, Justin was a running back for the University of Wisconsin. He was considered for the Green Bay Packers, but ultimately not drafted. You've picked the Wisconsin as well, who are... Oh, no, they're the Badgers, not the Beavers. It's false. It's true. Is it Justin Beaver? <laughs> Justin Beaver! <laughs> oh, there's the Wisconsin go. Warhawks or something? Wisconsin Warhawks? Yeah, something like... Oh, the White Horse Warhawks? White oh, Warhawks, okay. Some, not, some crap right, like okay. that. Yeah. Uh, back to America. Dakota North. Dakota North. Former Australian Junior Speedway champ. Uh, spent nine seasons British League before retiring at 24 due to recurring injuries. Now, okay, pro- now okay. professional golfer. Now professional golfer. Yeah. You know, for some reason that's ringing a bell. I think it's true. Dakota North. Yeah. His sister's Carolina. Yep. Yeah. It's true. It is true. Yeah. I thought I'd heard that I somewhere. Think I think he's from Major. What Mildura. a victory! Um. Jeez. Well, I'm in trouble. Go. I'm in trouble big, again. Big trouble. Look out. Robert Scheidt. <laughs> Robert Schott. Yeah. He's a Brazilian Olympian. 
who from five Olympics has won two gold, two silver, one bronze in the sailing star class. It's all from, from Atlanta, Atlanta 96 through London 012. Robert Scheidt. Spell Scheidt. S-C-H-E-I-D-T. Jeez. It's not very Portuguese, that. False. True. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I need a, I need a clean oh, sweep to get to the penalty shootout. Yes. Robert Scheidt. Robert Scheidt. Brazilian. Yeah, it's all true, it's man. not even I Brazilian. Not even Brazilian. <laughs> nah. Frankie Chan. Hong Kong snooker professional. Highest rank in 42, 92, 93 season. Chan's highest break is only 118. That's his only professional century. Frankie Chan. Frankie, Frankie Chan. Chan is false. No, Frankie Chan is. Oh, Jesus. Oh, this is, all comes out is of this. what? It's 5-4 to you. Is it true, Frankie Chan? Yeah, Frankie Chan is. Uh, oh. Frankie Chan. 5-4, Rob. Judas Iscariot, part of a Turkish kayaking <laughs> duo that won bronze in the 1988 Seoul Olympic Games. He didn't betray anyone. <laughs> Are we going off Napoleon Einstein from last week? Who could say? Uh, false. Judas Iscariot. It's false! Oh, no. Oh, that it's means another stupid penalty uh, shootout. We're penalty shootout. What time is it? Come on. All righty. Anthony Hopkins, former Welsh international footballer from 952-959, played for Swansea Town his entire career, making 418 appearances, 36 caps for Wales. False! False. Anthony Hopkins. Yep. Yep, false. It is. Yes! Jeez. Rob slots it up the guts. What do we got? We got... So you can come back for a, a respectable... Yep. And then we just have to call it a draw. Tom Jones. Tom Jones. We've both gone Welsh. He's American Olympic marathon runner, 1952 Summer Games in Finland. In Finland. Helsinki. Mm-hmm. Tom Jones. Tom Jones. Can't get more plain than that. Yep. That's probably true. It is true. Oh, it is true. Well, what we do we do? Ca- we can't do another. Or do Paper Scissors Rock. Okay. Best of three. All right. All right. One, One two, two, three. Oh, beats me with the stone. Best stone out of the scissors. Beats the scissors from Rob. All right. Try, I've got to do it again. This is great radio. One, two, three. Oh, paper, paper. Paper, paper. All righty. One, two, three. Oh, scissors. Beats Rob's paper. Double paper. I went for it. Double paper. You just did one of everything. I did, actually. I did the whole gamut. (sighs) Unbelievable stuff. So, Beefy wins Sporting Boulder Dash on another penalty shootout. With extra double overtime. Crazy stuff. Listen, what a show you know, this has been. I had five trues out of six there. Unheard of for a bird. I had four out of five as well. Tom Jones, though, took the biscuit. I was going to do something else, but it's the freestyle bullfighting world championships this weekend. Oh, okay. In Vegas, of all places. What does that entail? It's basically mad people jumping over bulls. Oh, so it's not with the knives and that. No. Nah. With the, so, it's, really, the human's very much more likely the victim. Oh, yeah. The, the, uh, so they've squared, uh, squared the game up with no, no yeah, white, no red. The advantage is definitely with the bull. And they're not, uh, this is American, it's not Spanish, obviously, it's no... Can you call it animal, animal cruelty? Pro- I'm not sure, realistically. The Spanish version is pretty bad, <laughs> yes. certainly. But uh, this one, I mean, they probably don't want to be there. No. Okay, they, still, they still would rather be just chilling out. I'm oh, yeah, sure about eat that. a bit of grass every but, now and um, again. I don't think that any bull could be physically overwhelmed by one human. Just check out our Facebook page, because I'm going to put some footage of this freestyle bullfighting in. Yeah. It's madness. These blokes... I'm not sure about that i think you will get the animal rights well there's no actual physical harm to the bull yeah they're not throwing spears they're not winding the bull up apart from the fact they get the bull to charge on them so they can jump over the bull is it essentially bulls mauling humans they can do 
the, the humans are unarmed. They're not kicking the ball. They're not hitting the ball. They're not trying to create something out so of nothing. So the, the caption should say something like, the people involved with this probably had it coming. Oh, if they get that far. Yeah, if yeah, they yeah. get it wrong, they're in desperate trouble. Yeah. So do they do just dive roll over the ball? Yeah. Okay. It's what they call freestyle bullfighting. It is crazy. You know, when we said, this sounds good, this sounds like a good idea. Yeah. It's not. And it's, and it's always like a stupid idea. Yeah. And they've gone and done it. This is like parkour with a bull. Like, instead of jumping up ladders and jumping off yeah. buildings and stuff, they're doing it over, but not running down a bull or yep. hopping on its head and doing mm-hmm. flips. But they, these guys are doing flips and things as well. They're doing forward rolls and actually back, back flips. Do they judge the acrobatics as well? Is um, there a 10 point scale on the side for how well they manage to leap the bull? Do you know what, Rob? I'm not 100% sure sure how it gets scored right i think if you're alive at the end of it that you, have to, you have to be alive to win yeah generally yeah, you can't not, you can't be awarded posthumously yeah. it just look a bit silly if when the podium comes around and like the person who won is just sort just of a, a corpse a corpse yeah line like in the olympics in the it. ancient olympics 700 yeah, bc the guy that died i'm not sure um, if they stuck him freestyle bullfighters rule number one never run in a straight line it says never run in a straight okay mm. it's a bit of zigzag technique uh, oh it sounds a bit better than barrel racing yeah Yep, it definitely is a bit better than barrel racing. Unlike protecting cowboys, freestyle bullfighters purposefully enter a rodeo arena to face a specially bred, aggressive bull and spend at least 40-plus seconds trying to entertain a crowd by challenging and evading the bull. When freestyle bullfighters compete, they are the show and are trying to score points just like any competitor at a rodeo. Mm. So you actually get points for flair. Right, so you got to do a bit of um, more extravagance. Yeah, extravagance, yeah. you got to live on the edge so you, I, I imagine the closer you get to the bull and you, the tricks you do very close to the bull flamboyant flamboyant that's, that's the word yeah so uh, you get more points so check out our Facebook page look it up 365 Days of Sport I'll put some freestyle bullfighting footage up there mm-hmm. to amaze the masses brilliant that's it is it is quite mad it okay. really you've you've just got to be that little bit of crazy just to even get in the ring okay yeah I think so <laughs> Uh, what's coming up, Rob, this weekend? This weekend is... I think I've been on Saturday night. I'm going to keep it pretty low, pretty yeah. quiet. I'll just, I think it'll be another sort of mostly at home. I think there must be a massive Greyhound event on the Meadows. Cause there's <laughs> there no- must be. Well, there's nothing going around anywhere. Like, e- even on sa- in Sandown Thursday night, there's rubbish. I just had the Brisbane Cup in Albion Park. So there's not going to be much going on there. So I can't see... There's nothing on Wentworth Park. The fields oh. are out there. So it must be the big Meadows. So um, that'll be me. Next year, actually, 2019... Myself and Rob will be uh, trying to invest in a dog for the show. Yep. So we can follow the dog's progress. Rob the Beef, we've already kind of named it. So that's uh, on the cars. We are looking around. If you've got a ground that uh, needs renaming or rehousing or anything like that, with the the hardest thing for us is finding a trainer that's willing to take this on. Oh, massive news. Big news. Okay. Uphill Jill has just retired. Oh. Uphill Jill was the champion. Right. The first litter is going to be Fernando Bell. Mm. This thing is going to be lightning. Sounds expensive, Rob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll get. We'll do a my club shop page. Yeah, for Rob. Yeah, the Beef. yeah, we will. R- yeah. Rob the beef. Talking to my club shop, Rob the beef. Uh, Fernando Bell by Uphill Jill. My club shop is a part of the Mesita and Essential Communities Empire. Mesita, we're very proud to have them as a sponsor. If your club needs a fundraising program that is uh, low key, everything else, no outlay, get all of myclubshop.com.au. Mm-hmm. I've got twenty twenty final Sunday semi final at one o'clock, and if we get through that final at three fifteen. Good. Broke yeah. my broke my finger though trying to take catch. That's on the right. Weekend, so that's very very, very poor. I I broke my shoulder doing tennis. Just doing tennis. 
playing tennis. Just doing tennis. Just do. I've, I've only do serving practice on Sunday, so when I turn oh. on Monday, I'll be Whoa. I'll be sharp. And I didn't really want properly and try to like smash my first serve, and I like totally nailed my shoulder, like oh, hopeless. No, and, unbelievable. But pushed through, and it sort of felt all right at the end of it. But then the next night, it just got worse and worse. I still the best server, and when I get when it go when it was still the best. That's really good. Oh well, I'm I glad to see had, you taking. I almost had to start doing underarm. <laughs> Taking the tennis a lot more seriously. Anyway, this has been another fun-filled adventure through sports. Three hours of our day of sport. We'll see you next week.